As the quarterback carousel turns in the NFL, Derek Carr, the first big domino of the 2023 offseason to fall. Derek Carr to the New Orleans Saints, what that means for the Saints, what that means for other quarterbacks, other quarterback needy teams, and of course, those quarterbacks at the NFL scouting combine on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. And there's good timing here. About an hour ago before we started recording, Matt, on Monday morning, Derek Carr, uh, the news broke. He will be a New Orleans Saint. And it's pretty important because uh, there's a lot of teams that might have had Derek Carr as their plan 1A or their plan B or plan C. Uh, Derek Carr had talked to numerous football teams, uh, and now we know it is going to be a marriage between the Saints and Derek Carr. First, let's talk about it from the Saints' perspective. Matt, uh, they were able to figure out the cap stuff, which they always somehow are able to do, and they got a market uh, value quarterback in Derek Carr as their new starter. Yeah, I mean, so I assumed, you know, we were going to spend the first half of the week just grinding combine numbers and who looked good, and let's talk about Richardson and all that. And, of course, the NFL never fails to throw us something good right before we hit record. There's the car news, as you mentioned, which is great. And this is going to be a busy week. I mean, one week from now, basically, free agency opens. You know, so guys like Eric Hendricks getting cut. Not that that's, you know, headlining news, but there's going to be tons of little roster moves here and there. A couple of these free agents, like a Kendricks, like a Bobby Wagner, just like Carr, can get signed ahead of time. You get a little bit of jump on the competition. So... First off, let's talk Saints, as you said. I think it's a very good fit for Carr, but I wonder where does this leave the Jets? Where does it, you know, where does it leave Aaron Rodgers? You know, so there's gonna there's always ramifications of these things. And if I'm not mistaken, James Winston's still under contract with the Saints, right? While we've recorded, yes, but I think he's going to be a cap casualty. Is rumor has it, you know, it's probably in the next 24 hours he's gone. I assume they need his money to just, just give it the car as well. So I think he'll be on the open market, and I'm wondering if he gets some attention too. For Derek Carr and the Saints, it looks like 30. Oh, no, that's his old base salary. Have you seen the numbers for the I new? I have not seen the numbers uh, yet, yeah. According to Ian Rappaport, this is about as – detailed as i've seen for the new contract it's a four-year deal Mm -hmm. with a big qb number coming uh they'll make it work with their cap situation so four years spread out over four i would imagine the first year's low backloaded and they'll worry about more cap stuff later as they always do yeah yeah right i'm sure they're kicking the can down the road does that mean car i mean people should know this by now but i assume again we're commenting on a contract we haven't seen does that mean Carr will be a saint three, four years from now? Not necessarily, I'm sure. He'll probably have to perform well for them to pick these things up. And I'm sure they have some outs. But they are spreading things around. And I don't know about you. I mean, there's going to be tons of change in this division. But I like the fit. I think it's a big upgrade from what they did last year. They've invested, obviously, two first-round picks last year on offense, on a tackle and a receiver. 
I think a guy like Shahid is is a quality find for them. I think their O line's still in good shape. Um, I think you could probably milk another strong year out of Kamara, and Carr can kind of facilitate this thing. Um, they still have a first round pick, you know, because of the Sean Payton situation. So, just when you kind of looked at the Saints and thought, man, they could be in for some really rough years. I'm not saying I'm going to pick them to win the conference or anything, but as it stands right now, they're the favorite in the division. And any way you cut it, I think they'll be competitive. I mean, they'll be 15th in the power ranks, you know, something like that. New Saints teammates for Derek Carr, like Tyron Matthew and Cam Jordan and Mike Thomas, slam boy. Uh, he, he might actually, we might we'll see if he sees the field or if he's even part of this uh, with the Saints. Seem pretty excited about the Derek Carr signing. And yeah, the, the Saints now have the best roster and quarterback in the division. And yeah. even, unless there's something unforeseen with Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers, even if one of these teams trades up and drafts a big-time quarterback, still this year, most likely, the best quarterback in the division is going to be Saints quarterback Derek Carr. Yeah, right. I mean, there hasn't been any – well, I guess Rodgers could end up in Carolina as the one link. And hey, I'm glad you mentioned Lamar. Maybe he is in Atlanta or who knows. And – I don't know. I mean, do those two owners and front offices in those two towns, Carolina and Atlanta, all of a sudden up their up their ante a little bit if they're talking trades for those guys? I mean, is it going to be a, a power race situation? You know, I mean, they're going to keep up with each other's teams. I look at Tampa and think they're in trouble. This is rebuild time all the way. The best they'll be is Jimmy, but I bet it's more of a, you know, really hit rock bottom for Tampa. But I think the Saints will be in it. Yeah, there was talk. I think it was Bruce Arians um, before the combine was basically like, "Yeah, we're good. We're we're, we're going to roll the Trask. We, we feel good about it." And the uh, Bucks fans are talking about tanking with Trask right now for uh, for a top pick in the twenty twenty four draft. So we'll see what that ends up looking like and you know, potentially trading some other players. So uh, I don't know the plan there uh, with with, uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but obviously they're further behind the other teams in the division for drafting a quarterback as well. When you consider where the Panthers are, might have a chance to move up where the you know, those those two those two other teams are eight and nine in the draft, the Falcons and the Panthers. And we had talked about how uh, before the car signing, if there's been some smoke with the Atlanta Falcons and Lamar Jackson. Yeah. He said we didn't really like the fit that much, but there continues to be smoke with that. They would have they would be the best team in the division. Let's say they still make that move now. You just plunk Lamar mm-hmm. on the Falcons. I think the Saints roster is better outside of quarterback. Then who wins the division for you? Who's the better team? Well, I think Atlanta has by far the best offense in the division. I, I mean, especially if it's just for draft picks. It doesn't cost you London or, or Pitts. I mean, they still could franchise McGarry, keep that line there, the running game. I like the Jackson fit on that offense. I mean, and t- you know, I think they would get a lot out of that position. Be really, really hard to play against. I think he's a good offensive-minded coach. Their defense is junk, but they should be able to control the, you know, the time of possession and make things a little easier on them. I would probably go Atlanta. A, a, a Jackson-added Falcons team minus draft picks versus Saints team as currently constructed. I'll take Atlanta. And while Carr is good for the Saints and mm-hmm. smart for them, and we'll talk about the Jets and the Raiders and some other teams in a minute, um, smart by the Saints if they wanted Carr to move quickly and make sure that happened. Yeah, yeah. Get him. Uh, he, he's not scary, though. So you're a team in the division. You're like, oh, they got Carr. Maybe they win the division this year, but we think long-term we're going to get a guy who ends up being better than Carr. Yeah, if you're Carolina and you end up with Richardson or Stroud or something like that, like maybe we can compete with them and then go past them. You know, they're not uh, this juggernaut in the division. 
Um, you mentioned the Jets. I guess we should. Do you want to talk Jets Raiders next subject? Next? Uh, we. Eh, it's a tough one. Let, let's 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 talk Raiders really quick here. Okay. Um, I think the Jets conversation might be a little bit longer. Um, the Raiders who had already given up Derek Carr here. Um, there would seem to be, and just the, reading the tea leaves, kind of around the NFL with 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 certain teams and with uh, certain reports. Uh, it sounds like the the Raiders still kind of want to win. And so a veteran quarterback is going to happen there. And look, they, they need it because they've, you know, they, they don't have enough quarterbacks in house. So they got to add somebody, mm-hmm. uh, but it's what level of quarterback. And there's been some connection with Aaron Rodgers there too. Yeah. You know what? Let's, let's wait on this a second because there's Mac I think Jones rumors too now. Today. Right. Max Jones, yeah. right? right. Let's wait on this for one second, just because okay. it could be a longer conversation. How really how the Saints move with Derek Carr now ties into the Raiders, ties into the Jets, uh, Rogers, Jimmy, um, you know, any other trades potentially, the NFL draft. It, it all kind of goes together, and that's why it's so important to start having these dominoes fall. And the first one is now Derek Carr to the New Orleans Saints. But what about the Jets? What about the Raiders? What about Rogers? Uh, next. Today's episode brought to you by our very good friends at Built Bar who take very good care of us and help you take good care of your health by giving you a delicious treat where healthy is actually tasty. If you're looking for a delicious bar that won't uh, that, that doesn't have all the fat and calories but is high in protein that won't wreck your macros for your diet, then you got to try Built Bar, but you really feel like you're getting a treat. You feel like you're getting a snack when you reach for a Built Bar. That's what makes it so easy to stick with Built Bar as your uh, go-to snack because it won't wreck your diet. High in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, low in fat. It's got all the combinations you're looking for. And what makes them so great? Well, most of Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate too. That's right. Actual real delicious chocolate that really sets them off and sets them apart from other bars. Unbelievable flavors. I don't know how they do it, but churro, a peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, the newest flavors at built.com I'm looking at right now. Vanilla cream is back, only 140 calories in that, with 17 grams of protein and only four grams of sugar. How about built puffs, brownie batter puff, salted caramel? Uh, looks like the donut maple, maple donut puffs are already sold out and no longer on the website. So you you, you might have missed out on that <laughs> one. But uh, always awesome seasonal flavors and varieties of built bars that you can find at built.com and at your local store shelves as well like Walmart and Sam's Club, four bar boxes in the pharmacy section at Walmart and a 13 bar box at Sam's Club of hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. And you can thank us later. And of course, find all the flavors and varieties at built.com. Okay, Jets Raiders. So basically, if we're just if we're compiling all the reports here and it was looking like Derek Carr was plan B kind of for some teams out there. Yeah, Um, maybe plan a only for the saints. And so the saints went hard, got him early. So now the Panthers don't have a fallback. Now the New York jets don't have a fallback for Derek Carr. Uh, and particularly with the jets, it's, it was looking like, okay, Aaron Rodgers, they have to wait, but he was plan a, then Derek Carr was plan B. And then who knows, maybe Garoppolo, maybe somebody else was plan C for the jets. And, That's what I'd heard at the combine was that right. was kind of their three in that exact order, you know, and now you take plan B out of it. So that's right. a big difference from Aaron Rodgers to Jimmy G. And the the Raiders, they're, uh, they've been linked to, according to Dan Graziano, uh, I believe it was uh, who, who reported that the Raiders' plan A was also 
Aaron Rodgers, but their plan B also having given up already Derek Carr, uh, Jimmy G, the, the connection in New England with, with McDaniels and Jimmy Garoppolo, he'd be the stopgap starter for the Las Vegas Raiders in 2023. But if Rodgers either stays, because now there's four options, it looks like, for the for Rodgers. Maybe there's some other suitors out there that we don't know about, haven't been as reported as strong, but it seems like retirement, stay with the Packers, which seems like the least likely now of all of them, Jets or Raiders for Aaron Rodgers. Does it feel yeah, that way? it does feel that way to me. And I wonder, just, you know, podcasting is weird because sometimes another shoe drops as soon as we, you know, stop recording or whatever. Like, do the Jets know I got a Rodgers deal locked up now? Or, you know what I mean? Yes. It, did, did, did that already happen? And the Jets informed Carr and they're like, hey, uh, thanks, Derek, for coming to meeting with us. But um, we, we're going to go in a different direction because they've got word, but it's just not public yet. And so Carr's like, cool, I'm going to the Saints. And that's yeah, it. yeah, done deal. I'm happy. Every, you know, the dominoes all fall. We always talk about quarterback musical chairs. I mean, I think the, the music is really playing loud right now on the quarterback musical chairs. And maybe these next 24 hours has a big ripple effect or there's you know more things to happen. So that being said, I mean, knowing only what we know now at 1230 Eastern here on Monday, all I know is cars off the market. I'm a little uneasy if I'm a Jets fan. You know, like Rodgers is either going to cost me a wealth of draft picks and a ton of money. Or I'm going to take a noticeable step down, not the car wasn't a step down, to Jimmy, assuming Jimmy's on board and wants to, you know, be the Jets starting quarterback. And maybe Wilson's still out there, hopefully getting better. But I don't, it doesn't scream Super Bowl with Jimmy. And it doesn't scream, well, doesn't scream value with Rodgers. You know, like it might be tremendous, but boy, he's going to cost me stuff. You know, and Jimmy to the Jets doesn't feel as, good of a fit as it did with the old no. offense coordinator and the new offense coordinator runs a similar offense similar tree terminology is kind of similar right and Robert Saul was the defensive coordinator when Garoppolo's with the 49ers but they don't have the passing game coordinator Mike LaFleur anymore as the the play caller like last year where it would have seemed like even more of a natural fit for Jimmy Garoppolo to come right in uh, I'm sure it won't be you know that much different especially if Robert Saul thinks highly of, of Jimmy G but um that will be interesting how that how that all comes together. And if you're, you know, because we, we did this episode earlier on in the offseason, Matt, where we projected the landing spots for all the players and all the teams, it would still seem like obviously Carr to the Saints now is locked in, but Jimmy G to the Raiders, Rodgers to the Jets would be the most likely scenarios at this point. I think so. So let's switch it real quick to the Raiders. You're say you're a huge Raiders fan. Would you rather sign Jimmy? and maybe draft one of these quarterbacks we're going to talk about. Like, that would probably be in the mix in the top 10 if it falls your way or you move up a couple spots. Sounds pretty good. You know, I mean, obviously there's familiarity with the Patriot way. Or what about this Mac Jones stuff? You know, like, you keep hearing blurbs. You know, uh, McDaniels loves Mac Jones. McDan you know, they, they, they did very good things together, Mac's rookie year. What if we make a trade for him? I mean, I can't give you that top 10 pick, though, for Mac Jones. Oh, no way. But no you'd, way. Certainly, right. you'd certainly make the offer. And I'm sure they would make that offer even before they signed someone like uh, someone like Jimmy Garoppolo or who, mm -hmm. who knows, post-draft sort of a move. But the Patriots would probably do something else at quarterback, too, unless they love Bailey Zappi that much, which I, uh, you know, and I still have my doubts about the Mac Jones stuff with the with the Patriots. But, you know, those conversations will be had. And I, I think that's definitely a possibility, even though somewhat unlikely for the Raiders to go 
the Mac Jones route, but it, it's been put out there. So we'll it see. It has been put out there. I, I just wonder if Belichick looks at Jones and says, this is never going to beat Herbert and Burrow and, and Mahomes and get me back to where I need to be. I know what a Super Bowl winner is. Mac might be fine, but uh, we're not assembling a team around his rookie contract already, which is now year three. So it might be time to cash my chips in, go fish, just try something different. Plus, he didn't exactly get along swimmingly with the coaching staff, which he may have been the right, but Bill's not going anywhere. You know that. But along the car lines, like you mentioned with the Saints, though, like if I'm the Chiefs or Chargers or Denver, and you decide that your answer at quarterback is trading a second-round pick for Mac Jones, good. You're going to be easy to play against for the next 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, underwhelming, it's like, it's, you know? It's like, okay, cool. You figured out your quarterback probably for now, and, yeah. and you feel okay and about ours that. Ours is better. But- it's not scary, and yeah. you lock yourself into the you know at third best, place, third best quarterback in the division. Yeah, for ten years, you know. So, and for the maybe the you know who knows maybe the Raiders need too much. I don't see them being a trade up team, but certainly no. quarterback could be on the table for them at pick seven. And when you look yeah. where the Raiders are in the draft, they're in a good spot if they just you know sign sign Garoppolo. You know, you have a base level of quarterback play. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't threaten, you know, uh, whatever young player comes in, if you draft a guy at seven, could end up starting week one, could end up starting week eight, could start next year, you know, whatever. Uh, he's a good mentor. He's proven to be a pro and, and, and be a player that could do, that could do that and, and help you win some games maybe in the process. Um, so that's why it makes sense for the Raiders because it doesn't lock them into anything. They'll, they're still maneuverable in the draft. They can move down uh, or they could sit at seven and take a quarterback because you look at maybe four quarterbacks now that are going to go in the top seven. And if a team like uh, Tennessee or Carolina trades in front of the Raiders to make sure they get their quarterback, well, then that means maybe it's Jalen Carter. Maybe it's uh, Will Anderson, you know, uh, Tyree Wilson. You know, there's going to be a player for them at seven, one of the top defensive players in the draft or one of the quarterbacks in the draft. That's what I was sitting here thinking is if I'm a Raiders fan, I'm rooting for Jimmy and that's, you know, Devontae Adams, you know, probably franchise Josh Jacobs should have a pretty good offense with Jimmy and I'm staying put at seven. If one of the quarterbacks is there and I love them. Great. If they're not, that probably means Jalen Carter is <laughs> or Tyree. Well, you know, like, right. So that's all good too. And then we deal with quarterback next year and we make go eight and nine, nine and eight this year, build some more things, build our lines a little bit more through the draft and free agency and hope to get our quarterback a year from now. Like that's my answer. Trading for Mac Jones to me was, not waving the white flag, but the rest of the vision says thanks. Yeah, unless, I mean, maybe McDaniels is like, oh my gosh, what I saw from him as a rookie, we're talking like, you know, we're talking top 10 type guy. Tom Brady light, you know, that's how much I loved him. And like, he's, he's everything we would get in Jimmy G, we would get on a rookie contract, except for more physical gifts, you know, better arm, better deep ball, whatever. With with Mac Jones and, and so boy, did the Patriots screw him up last year. Like if right, he just kept exactly. doing what I was doing, it'd be fine. You and know? we can get him for a second. He was totally worth the fifteenth pick in the draft. You know, if, if that's mm-hmm. the way McDaniel's feels about it, maybe there's more there. And that wouldn't, you know, you tra- okay, you trade a second for. But I didn't expect to talk this much about the Raiders today. No, me either. But, uh, but they're interesting. You uh, let's say you trade a second for Mac Jones, and then you end up being bad, and you got another top ten pick next year. Well, that doesn't prevent you from taking a quarterback then either. And you didn't really do anything to your franchise long term. You still got a first round stud player this year, uh, and you didn't go into into future drafts with with trade um, compensation. You could still take Will Levis at seven. You could still do that too, <laughs> <laughs> or, and you still get Jalen Carter. You're right. Have the best 
let's have the best situation and and the the best competition at the most important position in sports. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's not as bad as I made it out to be. It's just if it's a second straight up for Jones, if that would happen, you know, Josh McDaniels deep downs like he's worth way more than this. You know, I mean, he, he might even be yeah. might even be less than that. You might even do a conditional pick. It could become like a yeah. third next year or something crazy like that too. Who knows how uh, if if put it this way, if the, if New England is even considering trading him, because that's kind of what the thing is with young quarterbacks. It's like okay. If the team that has you is willing to trade you, because you wouldn't trade a young quarterback that you thought was a star, you wouldn't trade that for a million draft picks. So if you're even considering it, you know, then um, that that I'm not not trading Kenny Pickett for any of those things. And I mean, I'm sorry, not that he's I'm projecting him to be a superstar, but like, uh, if you offer me a second and third for Kenny Pickett right now, I'm like, that doesn't help me. No, I'm no, some is worth way more than that. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk combine quarterbacks who help themselves the most. Some unbelievable nuclear-grade raw materials from Anthony Richardson on display in Indianapolis next. Okay, Matt, let's talk quarterbacks. Let's talk combine here. And uh, we're going to do a lot of combine conversations, more winners and losers later on in the week. By the way, everyone get your questions in for our Peacock and Williamson weekly mailbag on Wednesday's episode. Got a mock draft as well from Matt Williamson. He's been working on We've yeah. got positional uh, draft um, positional rankings as well from Williamson that are coming. So a lot of fun stuff here to come through draft free agency starts up next week as well. And uh, I can't wait for all of it. Such good stuff. Such fun times in the NFL. I love the offseason. Uh, you know, oh, these couple of weeks are crazy. That's why we're able to do the show every day. You know, no doubt. No doubt. When David Locke first, uh, when I first talked to David Locke about this, because uh, I, I started doing Locked On 49ers in January. In six years. It's been amazing. So shout out to all the listeners out there. I've been listening. Yeah, for good so stuff. Long. I was like, man, am I going to do daily podcast in the offseason every day? <laughs> And I was like, well, you know what? I love the draft. This turns out to, not to be that hard at all because it never, <laughs> right, it, it right. never sleeps. Like just even before focusing camp, on one team, you can do it. Right. Yeah. And well, so the whole league. whole league, there's always storylines. And obviously the biggest story this week is the combine and looking at these quarterbacks. Um, there, there's big stories with, with all the top guys, the projected first round players. And that's the top four. And we got to start with Bryce young at the weigh in, which was really, uh, I think one of the most important things that happened this weekend and five, 10 and an eighth. He's almost exactly the same height as Kyler Murray, 204 pounds, only three pounds lighter than Kyler Murray, which was surprising. I think the one thing that helps Bryce young is uh, decently sized hands, nine and three quarters. So you're getting you're you don't want Bryce young to show up and be an outlier everywhere. If he's five, nine and a half, one eighty and has eight and a half inch hands. It's like, well, that's just, it's kind of too much, but hand size, fine. You check it off. Don't have to worry about weight. He showed he can get to 200. Is he going to play at 200 pounds? I have no idea. Does he play at 195? Is that that big of a deal? Um, he's over 5'10 at least, but he is pretty small. What are your thoughts on the Bryce Young weigh-in? Help him hurt him or just kind of neutral? If you liked him, you liked him. If you were worried about size, you're probably still worried about size. I'm glad you brought up the hand thing because I meant to earlier at one other point and totally forgot. Because like Russell Wilson, I mean, that was so long ago, people looked at him like he was an Oompa Loompa. Like, oh my God, he's unbelievably <laughs> small. Like by the, for that era, I mean, that was 10 years ago or whatever. But he had big hands and he's well built and he's got a thick lower body. Uh, Bryce Young, I, I he walked right past me on the way to the podium and I was like, he's too little. I'm sorry. I mean, he's a how really- big is How big is Bryce Young compared to your teenage son? I mean, they're 
my son's much taller. That's for sure. My son's really lean and could not handle the rigors of an NFL pounding either. <laughs> right. You get folded yeah. in half. Right? <laughs> oh, man. How many, big how many uh, peanut butter protein shakes is your son away from 204 pounds? <laughs> Several built bars, you know. Okay, so. there you go. <laughs> well, built bar, you might not, you get all that protein, but you're not going to get all the calories. Right, right, right. But he's get, putting on the muscle, on the muscle. But I, I, I don't want to harp on the young thing because he's a tremendous player and I might take him first overall if it was up to me. But you look at him next to Richardson and what Richardson did this weekend. And I know if you look at their tape, it's the it's starker contrast as well. But I just look at them like who's going to be more effective in week 14 every year? You know what I mean? Or into the playoffs or when the snow's fall, fallen and it's wet and sloppy. And it's just a big physical game and he doesn't look it. It's tough. If you love Bryce Young and you're willing not only to draft him as high as number one, but trade up multiple picks to go get mm-hmm. him, you have you have to think that he's basically Joe Montana, right? Because he right. His, his physical gifts are you know he's he's athletic, but he's not Anthony Richardson. He's no, got a, right. a cannon, or he's got a good arm, but he doesn't have Will Levis's arm. You nope. know, he doesn't have Mahomes' arm. He doesn't have Josh Allen's arm. So. Or Stroud's accuracy. Stroud threw the ball really, really well. You know. Yeah, right? and so you look at what he is, and uh, like it's hard to find a con. What do you think that he's going to actually be in the NFL? He has to be a, a complete surgeon out there. And then even if there, there's a chance that you hit on Bryce Young and he still gets folded in half in the NFL. And we mm-hmm. kind of saw that, like Lawrence Taylor crushing Joe Montana, who wasn't one of the biggest – Guys, that's why I kind of bring up Joe Montana. He was really right. good. He had everything you needed, all the moxie. He was cool under pressure. He was accurate. He could move around a little bit, but he wasn't the fastest guy. He's you know had a, a good arm, not a great arm. He was just a really good football player. But, man, he was so banged up in the second half of his career because of the pounding he took because he wasn't all that big. And he was you know probably – he was taller definitely than Bryce Young, but probably weighed about the same. You know, But back then there was more guys. Right. Were, they didn't protect uh, him as well. Or, yeah, you know, not right. quite as heavy, but – so it's real quick on Montana though. Like remember they'd make fun of his calves, you know, like he had these skinny bird legs, you know, like <laughs> right. that stuff kind of matters though. You need that armor on your body. I mean, of course you'd take Montana's career. I mean, but it, it, he broke down at the end. I mean, and they all do. I mean, father times undefeated with these guys. It's just, I, I, I don't question young's game at all. It's just the durability. Right. It's durability. Uh, we, we've seen short quarterbacks. When you point to quarterbacks, especially, I can't think of a quarterback that's under six feet tall that is really, really good working from the pocket. They almost right. all have to get out on the move and make some of their best mm-hmm. plays, whether it's Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson or even Doug Flutie back in the day, right? Sure. The style of play is different. Uh, it, it's, it's so size does matter from a longevity, yeah. from a physicality standpoint, from just getting a clear picture of a really fast, a fast game. That's so much faster in a lot of ways. It's a completely different sport than college football, especially mm-hmm. when you're playing in front of I mean, behind a, an offensive line like Alabama's. So let's move on here because yeah. really the young, uh, the, you know, the Bryce young stuff hasn't changed. We knew he's little, he's little. We can debate that forever. I would say I neutral. Mean, if you liked him. You liked him. If you didn't yeah, like him, yeah. he was too small. He didn't, you know, show up six feet tall. Two feet right. Feet. Yeah. I promise when he gets to training camp, he won't be over 200 pounds though. I mean, right. You can, yeah, you I'm can sure. assume he's five, 10 and an eighth and will probably play in the one nineties somewhere. Yeah, and that's an outlier. And if you're right. comfortable with that, so be it. I thought Stroud, I thought his stock went up a little. I mean, I, I, it's Monday right after the combine. It's easy to overreact to what you saw. But I really like the way the ball came out of his hands compared to the other quarterbacks, his accuracy, and just 
delivery. I mean, he's an NFL passer. I, I don't know what, other than accuracy, what lights you up about Stroud. But he checked all the boxes this weekend and threw the ball as well as anybody, if not better. He did throw a couple of deep balls, like a little short, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, maybe it's a timing thing or just kind of got a little too much air under it. He doesn't have a, a crazy power arm, but he's got a, a good arm. You, mm-hmm. you you check off the box of can he make the throws? Of course, yeah. Stroud, good arm, really good accuracy. He showed that in college as well. So nothing surprising there. Good size, 6'3, 214. He didn't run at all, big hands. So uh, probably very neutral for CJ Stroud. Everything you thought of him before, you probably still think of him after. Yeah, you just kind of confirm it, you know, and I don't know how his interviews went and any of that stuff, but I've never heard any red flags. Will Levis, 6'3", just a hair under 6'4", 6'3", and 7'8", 229, huge hands, almost 11-inch hands, and just showing off his cannon arm. He's got a great arm, throwing it all over the place, and I thought he probably helped him stock, helped his stock more than hurt it, but pretty much what you would have expected from Will Levis and was functionally accurate, which is pretty key for him uh, in the throwing portion of things. Didn't run. But, you know, just by showing up and showing off the guns and uh, showing off his uh, his right gun, especially, mm-hmm. I thought was pretty good for him and locked himself into probably what's going to be a top 11 pick at the very least and maybe a top four pick. Yeah, I mean, I'd be shocked if he gets out of the top nine with Carolina at nine. Um, 100% right. It just it's good to see these guys in person just makes you say that looks like an NFL quarterback It kind of everything we didn't say about young, to be honest with you. And then the one test though, that did stand out though, is he was a 10, four on the broad, which is a huge number for a quarterback, let alone one, his size. And if Anthony Richardson didn't exist, we'd be like, wow, Will Levis lit yeah. up the broad jump. He was second. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, and I think that's where Will Levis and Anthony Richardson and CJ Stroud probably too. They all kind of, and Stroud didn't run and Levis didn't run, mm-hmm. uh, but they closed the gap on, Bryce Young because Bryce Young not only did he get pumped up for that 204 pounds he didn't do anything which really makes you scrutinize that 204 pounds anyway and and really you know solidify that this wasn't a guy who was going to play or work out we'll see what his weight is at the March I think it's March 29th maybe Mm -hmm. pro day at Alabama and then a guy like Anthony Richardson steps up and I mean just unbelievable stuff we're talking so six three and three quarters uh 244 pounds huge Hands, 10 and a half inch hands, uh, you know, long arms, four, four, three, 40 time, one, five, three, 10 yard split, 10, nine broad jump, besting Will Levis that we thought was a really good jump for him. And then yeah. 40 and a half inch vertical. That's this crazy. ridiculous, Matt. Uh, the, the tape is all over the place. You see big time plays, big time runs, big time throws, but you can make a, a really impressive low light tape for Anthony Richardson as well, only one-year starter at Florida. So there's some red flags here, and you don't want to double-count the athleticism that you already knew was there for Anthony Richardson. But, man, uh, there's got to be some teams salivating just for the raw tools they're going to get with with Richardson. Without question. I mean, his numbers, weight aside, height aside, hand, length, all that stuff, are elite wide receiver or corner numbers. I mean, let alone tacking on 50 pounds more than those guys when they put them up. So when you height and weight adjust it, it's the best workout for a quarterback in combine history. And it really isn't even close. I mean, that's how good we're talking about here, folks. I mean, since the combines existed better than Lamar and Vic, and I mean, any, any great athlete that didn't make it, let alone the ones that did, his is number one, the best combine performance ever. I've heard good things about him character-wise, intelligence, you know, willing to put in the work to become a better passer, and I'm open to that. There's obvious bust potential, but he's so freaky athletically, 
don't you think from day one he could do Justin Field stuff this year and then go from there? And no matter where he lands, he'll have a better supporting cast than Fields did this past year. Yeah, it's it's hard because then you get into the, okay, do you sit him, but then he needs reps because he hasn't played enough football? Or do you play him, use the legs, and, mm-hmm. and try to develop him that way on the fly? So so that's the tough thing that a team has to decide on. Um, and, and the question is, how high does he go? And who's there when your team is picking? Does he actually go ahead of the other three quarterbacks? Even though, you know, today, if there was a game, you know, tomorrow he, he would be four out of four of the of the best passers of that group. I think that's sure. fair to say. But what he could be is just scary. And if those guys aren't great as rookies, and a lot of quarterbacks aren't, even if they become great, they're not great throwers as rookies anyway. He might be just as valuable as a rookie because of what he can do with his legs. And and two forty four 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 three speed is just pretty absurd. Like I, it's, it, pretty absurd. A team has to fall in love with him. You just don't want to double count either. No, and, glad you mentioned the double count thing because. That being said, I mean, this is the there's so many mistakes made by double counting. Oh man, he's a burner. You write your report and then he comes and runs a four three and you make it and you boost him even more. Like we knew he was fast. I mean, we knew he was a great athlete. Right. But maybe you had a 94 out of a hundred in terms of athleticism, but now you go, he's a 98. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's an A plus instead of an A. And so he might deserve a little boost that way because no one could have seen this degree of it coming. I think teams are going to consider him first overall. Uh, I mean, some teams, and maybe they can't get there, or maybe it's young or whoever. I'm sure the Bears are doing cartwheels about this situation. You know, I mean, it's just one more name in the ring for people to move up to that number one spot. I keep targeting the Seahawks and Lions. I mean, if you can get a deal done with Geno, you know Goff is there, and you can Mahomes him his rookie year, Richardson, on a team that's building nicely, that has an offensive line. I don't know how you pass on them if you're one of those teams. It's going to be really fun to see how you place yeah. these guys in your latest mock draft too, Matt, because uh, I, I could see, I wouldn't be shocked at all. If post draft, we get the reports that are like, uh, I talked to 10 teams and all four quarterbacks were the number one on all four lists and all yeah. four quarterbacks were the fourth on, on different teams boards as well. Yeah, and I think a lot of it's just what kind of offense are you playing? What area of the country are you in? Are you in a dome? You know, like Bryce Young to Houston in the South sounds a lot better than Bryce Young to the Patriots, you know what I mean, or the Giants or a team like that, you know, where Richardson, of course, fits in anywhere, but how patient are you? What's your plan? So it is interesting, and I'm warming up to these top four more than I thought I would a little bit. And to bring it back to, say, the Raiders, it gets a lot easier to take Anthony Richardson if all three of the other quarterbacks are off the board and you're sitting on the clock and Will Anderson's gone. And it's like, well, we got to take a swing on this because this mm-hmm. is too ridiculous not to just try to develop in Anthony Richardson. No so doubt. that's why I just don't, I don't think he gets past basically seven. You're probably right. Yeah. Unless, unless maybe the quarterbacks slip a little bit more than we expect to, because Ooh. I mean, we saw what, what happened with Malik Willis last year. And and Anthony Richardson is raw. You go back to the tape. He's not the best quarterback in this class on tape. He's not. No, no, not even close. But I mean, I mean he's whatever we saw. A lot of these guys come in and be able to rely on athleticism for a year or two. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, look at the progress Jalen Hurts made in a year. Josh Allen was a bad quarterback for a while. <laughs> you know a what while? I mean? A, yeah. a nice long while. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, ent- I'm enticed. It's going to be fun. I can't wait to see where Matt places him in his 
latest post-combine mock draft. Of course, we're going to have tons of mock drafts, tons of draft conversations, Matt's positional rankings, as well as free agency coming. We got you covered every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And make sure you get involved in the P&W mailbag episode Wednesday at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Talk to you then right here, Peacock and Williamson.